This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, January 30th, 2022. Miracles Curing the Lepers. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Good morning here at home, wherever you may be. It's so good to be a part of, uh, together with you this morning as we worship and celebrate our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you for all braving the cold this morning and the ice and the snow and whatever else you may have encountered on the way into church. Today we finish our series on miracles of Jesus that we find in the book of Luke. This morning we're looking at Jesus curing 10 lepers and their response to the healing. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Almighty God, thank you so much for your mercy and your, and your grace that saves us. Help us never take that for granted and forget to thank you for our salvation. Today, as we talk about gratitude and the lepers, help us apply this to our lives as we leave here. We thank you for gathering us online and here, and for your love that has no bounds. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, amen. amen. So as Alan said, our scripture today is found in the book of Luke. We have been looking at the miracles in Luke. It has been awesome to focus on um, all of the different ways that uh, God has just shown God's power and God's might. Today is Luke chapter 17, and it's verses 11 through 19. We're going to take a look at this a section at a time. Luke 17, verses 11 through 13. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee, as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Mm. So the scripture tells us that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. You know, when we read scripture, we always have to ask, why is it in there or why isn't it in there, you know? Usually if it's in there, there's a reason. There's a reason, and... In this case, is it just to inform us of his location, of where his whereabouts? Um, maybe. But we think there's much more to it than that. On his way to Jerusalem is a reminder to us that Jesus is ultimately on his way to his final days on earth. Now, it's not in the next day or two, but this trip to Jerusalem, that's how it ends up, on being arrested and beaten and, and hung on a cross to die. That's where he's headed. And the thing is, he knows it. He knows what's coming. He's on his way to his execution. He's a very aware, much aware of what's ahead, but that doesn't keep him from his mission. His mission of teaching, healing, casting out demons. His, his mission of sharing the kingdom of heaven right here on earth. That completely blows my mind. That on his way, knowing what was ahead, he stops and cares for someone. That means that he does that for you too. Stops and cares. 
And so Jesus traveled along the border, Scripture tells us, between Samaria and Galilee. This is an important piece of this Scripture because as we've shared before, there's no love lost between the Samaritans and the Hebrews. They were at odds all of the time. You see, they believed different things uh, regarding where God chose the temple to be, among other things. The Israelite Samaritans believed that Joshua, we read about Joshua in, in, in the Bible, that Joshua led the people of Israel to Mount Gerizim, all right? making that the site where God would choose to build his dwelling. But the Jews believed that God chose Mount Zion. So they're in different places where they think that God's going to dwell, build his dwelling. The Samaritans believe that their religion, Samaritanism, is the true religion. And of course, the the Hebrews believed that theirs was the true religion. So here we have a tension. And here we see that Jesus is traveling along the border of these two places. It's like being, and I remember going to the DMZ when we were in Korea. There's just tension between these two places at the border. And then Jesus encounters 10 men with leprosy. Now, leprosy, you know, sometimes uh, my footnote in the Bible says leprosy often refers to, a, could be a variety of skin diseases, but we're, we're taking it here to be official leprosy, and that is an absolute horrible disease. It, it leaves sores on the body. It, it brings about missing body parts like toes and fingers and hands and feet. It damages limbs. There's initial pain, but that gives way to no feeling in the nerve endings. And just imagine if you couldn't feel with your fingers or your toes. Just think of the damage that happens then. It can take 30 years for leprosy to run its course. And during that time, limbs may simply fall off. <laughs> Disease highly contagious, so those that suffered from it were considered unclean. And therefore, they were separated from society, from church, from family and friends, everyone else exiled to live apart, often in, maybe you've heard the term, leper colonies. Yeah, these colonies where the only people they were there with were others who shared that disease. And they, with those others, looked for food, begged for assistance, but from a great distance, because those who could help were, didn't have the disease, and so they had to be separated. And so they would have to yell in order to be heard by those who weren't a part of that colony. We're reminded here of the possible emotional and psychological effects from separation, like, like we've had due to COVID, especially in the early days when people were dying in hospitals far removed from family and friends. That's what, it, you know, I thought about that. But the only other disease I can equate to this in my lifetime is HIV-AIDS in the early years. You know, when people were severely ostracized. But even those two horrible diseases, um, I don't think quite compare to this where 30 years of slowly seeing your body rot away. 
while you're separated from everybody except those who share the disease with you. What a horrible existence. Has anybody heard of Beth Moore, the Bible teacher? She is a powerhouse teacher, and I have done lots of Beth Moore studies. She wrote a book, Jesus, the One and Only, and she shares in her book how she had an occasion to visit a leper colony, a modern-day leper colony. And she had always wanted to go and minister in um, these types of communities, and she finally had the opportunity. So she walked, and she wrote this, so this, you know, she walked by the entrance three times, three times, and she turned away each time because there was a, a stench that she just couldn't get past. And Beth ended up walking away. She just couldn't go in. It was that bad. And Beth, I can imagine her heart had to break because she wasn't able to go in and, and do the ministry that she knew that she was called to do. So that's the disease these 10 men are suffering from. Their separation from the rest of humanity is the reason they stood at a distance and, as Scripture tells us, called out in a loud voice. Jesus, Master, have pity on us. <laughs> as Professor of Theology John W. Martin shares in his online article, Lessons from the Ten Lepers, these lepers apparently have some previous knowledge of Jesus. And they call him by name. And they call him Master. That's interesting. The Greek word translated here, Master, you only find it in Luke, that Greek word, Master. It's only found in Luke. And and except for this passage, is only used by the disciples. Here's the thing. They weren't asking for healing. They simply said, have pity on us. But I'm pretty sure they hoped that included in that pity would be some miraculous healing <laughs> to make them better. You know, today, antibiotics can cure leprosy. But they didn't have those back then. And so their only hope was a miracle. Their only hope was Jesus. When he, Jesus, saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And they went, and they were cleansed. Priestly duties back then and, and now, but it was more than leading worship on Sabbath. We work more than an hour a week. So did they. Um, when we read in Leviticus, uh, the priests were the ones who checked on diseases and whether people needed to stay quarantined or not. Now, I'm telling you, if that was modern day, we'd have a full-time job right now uh, beyond our regular second full-time job. But it was the priest who would go to the person, inspect their body, check for a complete absence of the disease and pronounce the person clean. Wow. That was the Levitical regulation, the priestly laws. So at that point, once they were pronounced clean, they could return to society, they could return to his or her spouse, to their family, to friends, 
to life. And Jesus was following the protocol, the biblical protocol, when he said to the lepers, go show yourselves to the priests. Here's the thing, though. When Jesus said, go show yourself to the priests, they weren't yet healed. Jesus sent them to see the priest before the healing took place. So what's incredible here is that the lepers did exactly as Jesus told them. They headed for the priest while they're still diseased before the healing took place. That's some kind of faith, isn't it? That's some serious faith. They had the faith to listen to Jesus and do what he said to go to the priest before they were healed. And so while they turned and went, while they were on their way, the healing took place and they were cleansed. That reminds us once again of something we said over and over here and we find over and over again in Scripture. Faith most often precedes the blessing. Faith more times than not, almost all the time, comes before the blessing, not the other way around. They faithfully headed to the priest, and then they were healed. The crucial aspect of God's kingdom for us always to remember. We can never forget, as it is true for us, just as true for us as it was for the lepers back then. Most often, faith precedes the blessing. If we wait for the blessing... <laughs> In order to be faithful, we may be waiting a really long time. Just how it works. You know? We, we see it here at church all the time. We've seen it in our lives. We've seen it in our family. Uh, we see it in those around us. Faith most often precedes the blessing and not the other way around. Luke 17, verses 15 through 19. One of them when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a, who? Samaritan. One of them guys. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he, Jesus, said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So one guy out of the ten returned. Wow, oh, that's the tithe, right? One out of ten. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's kind of the negative aspect of the tithe there, isn't it? One out of ten. Can you believe that? One out of ten. And the ironic thing is the one who returned wasn't a Jew. <laughs> he was a double outcast, both a leper and a Samaritan. <laughs> Praise God in a loud voice, most likely. He didn't even realize this. He'd been talking in a loud voice so long for so many years so that the healthy people could hear him at a distance that he, uh, that he even when, once he's healed, he's probably still used to talking loudly like that. Old habits die hard, don't they? <laughs> and he praised God in a loud voice and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. This guy was absolutely, truly thankful. <laughs> and he was alone. The only one to return out of the ten. And he was the foreigner, the outcast, double outcast, the outsider, the Samaritan. <laughs> and 
And we see with the scripture that Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Now, that's really a rhetorical question because Jesus knows everything, but he's not really expecting an answer, I would think. He, he knows they are nowhere to be found. They got what they wanted. They took off. They, I'm sure they were so excited. I would have been too. Like, uh, oh my gosh, I'm out of here. I'm going to go see my family. I'm going to go see my friends. I'm going to reenter the community. Oh my gosh, they're so focused that their disease, their debilitating disease has been healed. And they forgot the most important thing, the most important thing, to show appreciation, to praise God, to give thanks. You know, it's so easy to take things for granted, isn't it? So easy to forget to say thank you, so easy to forget that attitude of gratitude. I, when I moved to Seaford from a Newark like 44 years ago, just prior to our wedding, I, was, I went there because I was the closest job to Newark where she was going to continue going to school, <laughs> 80 miles away. Anyway, I, I, the apartment we were going to live in wasn't quite finished, so I, I moved in with my grandmother who lived over in a little town called Preston, Maryland. It's about 20, 20 30 minutes away. And, um, you know, I look back and I just cherish those couple of months. You know, I always lived a couple hours from my grandmother and never had that concentrated time. I cherish that time we had together. But, and, you know, she was generous sharing her home with me, sharing meals with me, cooking fried meals. Fried chicken. Huh? Fried chicken. Absolutely. Best fried chicken in the world, pan fried chicken. Oh, my goodness. You know, she's been my granny, you know? And, and it was great. You know, when I think back, though, I just hope I thanked her. You know, um, I hope I offered to buy the, pay, help out with the groceries. She would have said no, but I hope I did. I hope I offered to give her some rent money. She wouldn't have taken it, but I hope I did. Thinking back, I just hope I didn't take her generosity for granted because it's so easy to do, you know? I hope I let her know how much I appreciated her allowing me to stay there, sharing her home and her meals with me. I know, she's my grandmother. That's what grandmothers do, but still, I just hope I did that. I hope I said thank you for all she did. You know, it's been so many years and I don't exactly remember all the fine points and the details. And, and so that's part I don't remember. But I just hope I said thank you and didn't take her for granted. Yeah. It is so easy to take people, especially the people closest to us, for granted. To forget to say thank you. To not remember to express our gratitude, even for the simple things in life. So when was the last time you thanked someone close to you? Perhaps um, your spouse or your kids for emptying the dishwasher? Do they still do that? <laughs> or how about kids thanking your parents for waking you up in the morning or putting food on the table? When was the last time? Or, or watching the grandchildren. Or watching the grandkids. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of everyday little things that we just need to take notice of and thank. It's just not the people around us either. Are we thankful to God for getting us up this morning, for giving us breath, for giving us warm homes? 
it was really hard to think during that blizzard that there are people without warmth. Are we thankful? Are we thankful for everything that we have, everything that we are, everything that we do? Are we thankful when things are going our way? That's easy to be thankful for, but we can also take it for granted. But are we also thankful for when there's not so good times and that God will carry us through? Are we thankful? Mm. See, here's the thing. When our, when our minds are occupied with thanking God, we end up seeing things differently. We have a different outlook. And there's a whole lot less room for worry, for complaining, for doubt when we're focused on God and thanking Him, being thankful. Our negative thought patterns will gradually grow weaker and weaker. Our attitude will change from what isn't to what can be. From burden to blessing, from opposition to opportunity. When our minds reach toward gratitude, we can rescue and rescue. We see rescue, rescue, and rescue from the dark spots in our lives. And who rescues us? We see rescue for situation we've been in where we've come out still standing. We might be hobbling a little bit, but we're still standing. <laughs> we may have a hitch in her giddy-up, but we're still standing. <laughs> and perhaps maybe we've even learned something along the way. Thanks to God. If our minds need a focal point to be thankful, look at the cross. Remember the cross. Remember the cross. That's where Jesus gave his absolute love for you and for me with his last breath. Taking our sin with him so that we might be forgiven and able to live through eternity. The empty cross reminds us that he died, but you know the empty tomb reminds us that he continues to live and continues to live. So he, he's victorious over death, but he's still there to travel with us through eternity. Let's never forget that. That's a great point to remember for an attitude of gratitude. Last fall, my small group did a study called Giving Thanks to God. It's by Sarah Young, Jesus Calling. And when we first started it, I thought, oh, that's going to kind of be a lightweight thing. You know, that was pretty stupid of me to think that. Because anytime you really look at Scripture and you dive in, there's nothing light about it if you're looking at it with your whole heart and integrity. So... Um, the different chapters, really interesting, giving thanks for God's abundance, that's easy. Giving thanks for God's provision, oh yeah. Giving thanks for rescue, okay, yeah. How about giving thanks for trials? Hmm. Giving thanks for spiritual blessings, giving thanks for the cross, giving thanks for the resurrection, giving thanks for the Holy Spirit. And this took a lot of weeks to get through of giving thanks. But as I was reflecting on different periods of my life of giving thanks, I really uh, focused on Psalm 107. It's not on the screen. 
Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. He delivered them from distress. He saved them from distress. There's a lot in Psalm 107 about deliverance from distress. And then we had an exercise where we needed to write, how did he save you from distress? And I stopped at 10 things. But I can remember uh, one of the first things. Um, I was in my early 30s, and uh, my brother was diagnosed with ALS. That is a terrible disease. He was 28. Now, praise God, I believe he had a miraculous healing because he, it eventually went away. He didn't die like was predicted. And, um, but, and there's no explanation for that. So, praise God, he was able to raise his, raise his kids. And Skip, if you're watching, love you. No symptoms. No symptoms. So, but I can remember hearing that diagnosis, and I was sitting in church choir. I wasn't a pastor, and we were singing this anthem called For God So Loved the World. And I can remember singing that song, tears in my eyes, but thanking God that God so loved the world and loved him and loved me. That was really hard because I, a piece of me was angry too, but trying to say thank you. And if I want to back up earlier than that, you know, when my parents split, it was devastating. And I was so thankful that it was God and God alone that helped my siblings and I and, and my parents, but I was focused on the kids, get through that time. And then so many things in our lives that were rather traumatic. I only wrote 10 of the most traumatic things uh, when our marriage really struggled, when I had two miscarriages, when I battled the addiction over and over and over and over, how God saved me from distress. And I'm thankful for, I'm not thankful for, you know, parents splitting up, but I'm thankful for what I learned so that I can because it caused me to go deeper with the Lord. I'm thankful for the struggles. So God can minister to us in our distress, and it's important to be thankful while we're in the midst of it that we can at least still stay standing. If that's the only thing, thank you for at least helping me stay standing. And that's enough. That's a big thing that God does. So um, great study if anybody wants to look at something in the future. So back to today's scripture. Ten lepers, nine never returned to say thank you, at least not, <laughs> it wasn't during the time of the story anyway, was it? Nine didn't. To thank Jesus for what he did for them, uh, just one. The question today is, where do you land in the story? I try to be, I hope to be that one that returned. But I know I often miss the mark. What about you? You know, we're all a work in progress, aren't we? Day at a time. Often taking others for granted. Not showing our gratitude. Forgetting to say a simple thank you. And like Carrie said, for simple things. Cutting the grass. Doing Thank the dishes. You. Huh? 
Huh? Thank you. Shoveling snow, you know. And we were blessed yesterday. I'm looking out thinking, oh my gosh, we have a corner lot. I mean, it's like three times the regular sidewalk. I'm thinking, well, I'll never buy a lot, but I'm never going to buy another house anyway, so it's too late. And then the driveway, I'm thinking, and all the kids are gone. It's me to shovel. And I heard this noise outside, and a, and a man and his son from up the street are snow blowing in my driveway. I already have done the sidewalk, and the, and the sun is scraping off my car. And there are people that really <sighs> hardly know us. I couldn't say thank you enough. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What a blessing. But how often do we forget to say thank you, f- not for the big thing, but for the little everyday things that we tend to just take for granted? Oh, that's their job. Okay. Still nice to say thank you. It's nice to hear thank you. And here are the challenges. If we get into that habit of not saying thank you, if we're not careful, we then end up taking God for granted as well. It's really easy. I know I do. You know, he loves us so much, he shared everything he has with us. <laughs> Again, he shares it all with us. Especially his son on the cross for you and me. The thanking God reminds us that whatever we have, we have because he shared it with us. Oh, I worked hard for it. True. God allowed you to work hard. God gave you the opportunity to work hard. God gave you the job to work. Blessing, blessing, blessing. We're reminded that whoever we are, we are who we are because God made us to be. And so being thankful, grateful, helps keep us in perspective of who's in charge. And it ain't me, and it ain't you. (laughs) Being thankful, grateful, helps us Keep in perspective who's in charge. Remind us that this is God's world. Remember, he's got the whole world in his hands. And we're just passing through. As God prepares us for eternity. As God shares God's kingdom with us every single day. Just think about that. God shares what God has with us. You know, the thing about it, an attitude of gratitude doesn't save us, but it sure helps remind us who does. So what is it that you need to thank God for? Where in your life has Jesus offered you healing physically, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually? Where in your life has Jesus performed a miracle helping you find new life like he did for the lepers? And also, where do you need in this life with the people that you encounter need to show some more gratitude? Jesus cares for us best, his kindness and compassion and his love and his care. And for that, we should be thankful. Because that love and care is what Jesus does best. That's the good news of the gospel. Let's believe it. And let's live it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the reason why you came. To save us. To heal us in 
so many ways, and the healing doesn't always look like what we ask. But we thank you for what you have done, are doing, and will do. And Lord, if we are going through rough patches in our lives, and many of us, all of us have, and some of us are right now, and we know that there's more to come, help us just thank you in the midst of the trial. Thank you for the rescue that you can get us up and keep us going. Give us another breath, another sunrise. Lord, let us praise you in the storm. God, thank you for this story of the ten lepers and help us be like the one. I thank you and praise you in the awesome name of God, Father, loving Father, Jesus Christ, power, power of Christ in us, the strength that Christ can pour into us and the mercy and the grace and by the power and the strength that the Holy Spirit gives us. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.